Welcome to everybody's favorite show, Buddy Cast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. Sean, what did you think of the intro? I liked it. Very well produced. Catchy. Thank you. I'd probably get it out of my head now for about a week. Thanks for Perfect. that. Perfect. Hey, we love it. We love it when people are going around the street singing our song, you know? For my buddies out there watching, this is my buddy, Sean Cannon. You know him from General Hospital, Cobra Kai, The Karate Kid, and much, much more. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being a buddy on BuddyCast. You're not a guest. You're a buddy. Okay, I like it. So, Sean, you and I were talking earlier, you know, before the episode. You actually, we actually have a little connection. Mm-hmm. You're from, we're both from Pennsylvania area, right? Yeah, I'm from Western Pennsylvania. Uh a little city called Newcastle, uh, which is kind of on the Ohio border. We're about 20 minutes, 25 minutes from Youngstown and about 40 minutes from Pittsburgh. That's that's where I grew up. Nice. Nice. What did you think of PA when you lived there? What was your... Well, you know, first of all, I think Pennsylvania is really beautiful. Um, I mean, Pennsylvania means Penn's Woods. It was named after William Penn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I lived in the suburbs of the city uh but we were also you know about four miles from the amish so it it was a really interesting place to grow up Uh, a lot of woods around us really beautiful um uh, you know i i really like pennsylvania and i i get back there as often as i can my folks are still back there and i have uh, lots of friends back there nice well if you're in the north part of pennsylvania one day and you're ever passing by the beautiful lake you know who to call. Lake Erie. Yeah. Well, I was telling you that my, my dad used to have uh, uh, a chain of, our family had a chain of jewelry stores called King's Jewelry, and there was one in Erie. Nice. Yeah. Wonderful. I wonder if any of our guests have ever heard of that. But anyway, so as a big Karate Kid fan, as a big Cobra Kai fan, I got to start by asking, what was your reaction when you heard that Mike Barnes was coming back to the show? Well, I mean, obviously, I was incredibly excited. Um, you know, I, I had been watching the show closely because I wanted to get on the show, but also because I'm a fan. I think the show's terrific. And, uh, you know, I was in touch with the producers. And when they kind of told me, OK, it's time to suit up. You're getting in the game. Uh, it, it was fantastic. And I have to tell you, it was really one of the best work experiences I've ever had. Hold on, I got a little little friend just showed up here to the uh, set. This is my little girl, Charlie. Aww. <laughs> She's beautiful. That's my little baby. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it, was, it was a fantastic experience. And, um, uh, you know, it was great to reconnect with Ralph all these years later. I mean, I, I'd seen him from time to time at different events and everything, but really to have the opportunity to spend some time with them was fantastic. And, um, and it was so much fun. I, I just, mm-hmm. had a, 
I wanted it to keep going. Yeah. And that, that brings up the next question, which is what was it like reconnecting with like Ralph and Thomas, but then working with new guys like UG and Billy? Well, here's what's kind of interesting. I met Billy before I ever met Ralph. So I met Ralph when I started. Actually, I met Ralph when I screen tested for the film. Mm-hmm. But I, I met Billy probably like a year earlier because I was working on a television show for Fox at the time. And Billy's best friend was the other guest star with me. And Billy came to the set and I was like, oh, my God, it's Johnny Lawrence. I was so psyched. Um, so I, I've seen Billy uh, over the years. Um, and Yuji, I've also seen. I've gone up to Yuji's uh, restaurant in Seattle, Kona Kitchen. Yuji um, is so gracious. He... Uh, came to my hometown to Newcastle, Pennsylvania, uh, for, I think he's come a couple times now for, um, my dojo, which is the Genbukai dojo of Newcastle, Pennsylvania, um, uh, to come for a, a tournament that we had. And so, you know, over the years I, I've seen the guys, but I never worked with, uh, Billy or worked with Eugene. And it was great to have the opportunity to work with both of them. That's awesome. So, how can you say you relate to Mike Barnes in ways? Like, how do you really put yourself into the character? Well, well, I mean, I, you know, I think there, this new incarnation of Mike Barnes 30 some years later, for me is a lot more interesting character because, you know, he's, he's a lot more multifaceted. Um, you know, in the film, he was a pretty much a one dimensional thug other than when we, initially saw him trying to be charming with Terry Silver. But, you know, now we see him as a guy that has gone through a whole lot. He's come to some realizations and some some self-awareness. Um, and what I really loved about, you know, even though my, my role was, was, you know, not huge, I love the fact that not only did we get to see sort of the redemption material with Daniel, but we also got to see the bad boy come back when his store got burned down. And mm-hmm. so opportunity to play you know both extremes of the character and that that was really fun for me i'll never forget the line we're all drunk and judging by the size of its people's bond is on something <laughs> way stronger <laughs> yeah so what were some of your favorite lines from cobra kai this time well, I mean, look, I, you know, you got to love when Daniel LaRusso just says, Mike fucking Barnes. I mean, that was, that was great. I love the line when, uh, when Billy, Billy's character, Johnny Lawrence says, uh, the bad boy's right. You yeah. know, uh, <laughs> uh, I thought that was fun. Um, you know, the scene we did outside of the, uh, stretch limousine was really a special scene, you know, to have, you know, three of Daniel's nemesis, Nemesi, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and then we kind of form this unlikely camaraderie to go take Terry down. And, you know, it, it was just really clicking as far as all of us, um, you know, bouncing off each other. Um, I think there was a lot of humor in the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was it was really something pretty special. Mm-hmm. I'll also never forget the line. Well, it, normally it's on sale for fifteen hundred, but for you, what the heck? Two grand. Yeah. And then the next scene, don't get blood on couch. It's very expensive. <laughs> so, do you have a, another show that you were on? Is General Hospital? What memories did you take away from that show? 
Well, I mean, you know, General Hospital is the show that's about to have its 60th anniversary. Uh, it has been a part of uh, the television uh, tapestry for years, um, you know, and, and I was very honored to be a part of it. I'm, I'm now on The Bold and the Beautiful. We just celebrated our 35th anniversary on The Bold and the Beautiful. I've been on the show, often on the show since 2000, and uh, it's it's been... Uh, right up there with being one of the very, very best experiences I've ever had professionally. Um, and, uh, I, I, you know, I still love going to work every day, love the people I work with. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate. You know, my wife said something to me. I mean, I hope this doesn't sound um, egotistical because I don't mean it to, but she pointed something out to me when Cobra Kai came out and she said, do you realize right now you're on the number one daytime show in the world, Bold the Beautiful, and you're on the number one show in the world, Cobra Kai. And I was like, well, why do I still have to wait in line at Applebee's? I mean, I, I don't, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was, it was a pretty special moment. Mm -hmm. And that brings a follow-up question. Do you get like, when you go out in public just to do something, like just to go on a date with your wife to Applebee's, do you get fans <laughs> lining up to say like, Come on, give us a line from Cobra Kai or something like that. Or... You know, not really. You know, in Los Angeles, I think there's so many big, big stars out there that, you know, people are fairly used to seeing actors running around. Um, not too often. You know what happens? Um, it happens in airports when you mm -hmm. get like a really big cross section of people. Um, you know, I, I'll get recognized from time to time, either from Cobra Kai and Karate Kid or from The Bold and the Beautiful. But for the most part, um, I, I'm able to lead a, a pretty anonymous, normal life, which is great. I mean, sure, it's fun every now and then to play TV star when you want to get like a, a good table at a restaurant or something like that. But for the most part, I'm very, very happy to be able to go and, and work and do projects that I love and still um, be able to go and do whatever I want without, you know, it becoming an issue. Mm -hmm. And do you have like a motivational story from a fan experience, like someone like running into someone in one of those public areas that really changed the, like their course of the you day? Know, one, of the, one of the things that just really makes me feel good is when I run into somebody who's read one of my two most recent books, either way, the Cobra, or welcome to the Kumite, especially if it's a young kid, maybe he's getting bullied, you know, he's a little awkward, he's having trouble fitting in, and he reads the book and really starts to feel a sense of um, hope and self-confidence and, you know, like there's a little bit of a, a path for him to come out of this phase of his life into something better. And I think a lot of people are surprised to learn that, you know, when I was a kid, I was bullied pretty severely. I mean, they, you know, you see Mike Barnes up on the screen and you're like, that guy used to get bullied? But um, I did, and uh, I think a lot of times, you know, especially younger kids, when they realize that and go, well, if that guy got bullied, I don't kind of feel quite so bad that I'm such a, a, a unique situation, and if he can make it out, so can I. You are absolutely right, because I, too, I, you can't tell us about me probably, but I'm a little person. I have a form of dwarfism called hypochondroplasia. Oh, sure, yeah. I, I got know. messed with. Yeah. I got less, you know, I still to this day, like a uh, couple months ago, I was at a McDonald's drive through just picking up something for me and my fiance. And I could tell the cashier or the lady at the drive through window pulls her friend aside, like, hey, look at this. I'm like, sorry. You're never gonna, like things like that. Or, you know, we call it the M word. How many times someone calls us that like on a daily basis? 
Yeah. Simple things like I was walking to church with my mother one day and someone drove by and screamed, effing M word. Right in front of her. Like, we're walking into church for crying out loud, you know? Oh, like, you know, uh, you know, all you can do is hope that somewhere along the way, those people get some self awareness and some, I, I, you know, it's not even compassion because it's not really, you know, you, it's, it's, it's not that you merit anyone's compassion because you live a great normal life, I'm, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. You know, you just hope that they grow out of their ignorance at some point. Exactly. Exactly. And it's all, I focus more on me. Like I come up with this this ratio of two to one for every one person I know that may mock me, hate me, make fun of me, everything. I know at least two other people that love me unconditionally yeah. wouldn't you know, want me to change for anything. The other two, Nick, is you just, you can't take that personally because they don't even know you. Exactly. You know, that, that's some stupidity that they're spouting based on, you know, something going on in their life. Cause it certainly has nothing to do with you. Exactly. So you, you know that. Exactly. 100%. That's why I tell myself it's their thing, not mine. You know, I know who I am. They're not, you can shoot the M word at me a million times. It's not going to change who I am, you know? Yeah. So tell us about this. Speaking of the way of the Cobra, tell us about the, tell us about that book. So the way the Cobra is a motivational self-help book. It's set up with the structure that I'm the sensei. You're in my dojo. Uh, the Dojo of Cobra Life, and Cobra is an acronym. It's formed from the words character, optimization, balance, respect, and abundance. And uh, they are the strategies and the philosophy that I've used to achieve success in my life and to overcome some pretty significant obstacles. Um, I draw on some autobiographical stories. Um, it's definitely not a book just for fans of Karate Kid or Cobra Kai, uh, as the title might lead you to believe i think if you are fans of cobra kai and karate kid you'll you'll maybe enjoy it about 10 percent more but um i hear from people all over the world almost every day that they are affecting paradigm shifts in their life you know making huge changes based on the information from the book and so i wrote the follow-up book which is called welcome to the kumite and uh, it picks up where the first one leaves off. And, um, you know, I honestly wish somebody gave me those books when I was younger. Um, this book is for everybody, for men, for women. Um, everybody has a cobra that lives within them. The, uh, the tagline for the book is unleash your inner badass. Everybody has one. Um, you might not have discovered it. It might have gotten lost. You might have forgotten it. But I guarantee you got one. Mm hmm. So. What if I, that is a good question? You know, I'm kind of been writing my uh, my autobiography. I still got a long ways to go with it, you know, because my life is just beginning. Right. But what advice do you have to someone who has a story out there that they want to give? They want to mm -hmm. tell. I think the best advice that I have is um, sit down and without censoring yourself, write. 30 ideas that are topics of your life that you would like to talk about. Um, just a couple words. You know what I mean? Um, um, I don't know. Maybe baseball was important to you. Baseball. Maybe your dad. I, wh whatever it is. And don't censor yourself. And then come back the next day and write a paragraph under each one of those. Okay? Mm -hmm. Then come back the next day and pick maybe the 10 that have the most resonance for you 
and put them in order. So now you're starting to triage them and go, okay, these 10, I think are my best ones. These maybe are good, but need some more work. And then write some more about those 10. Okay. And, and as you do that, you'll start to structure the book. And um, I would, I would do as much preparation as you can before you actually sit down and start writing the book. But once you start writing, just write, don't censor yourself. Don't worry. Is this good? Is it bad? Am I writing too much? Chances are the answers. Yes. To all of those. Yes, this is good. Yes. This is bad. Yes. You're writing too much. You can go and edit afterwards, but, but get your ideas out in the book. And the other thing is take action. Just do it. Start. Don't be intimidated by the fact, Oh, I have to write a whole book. If you think of it that way, it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be overwhelming. There's, there's, Something that I say in Way of the Cobra, which is not something that I coined, but I co-opted, which is how do you eat a 2,000-pound elephant? Well, you do it one bite at a time. So just get moving, and you'll build up momentum. And before you know it, you're going you're gonna to say, wow, I've outlined my whole book. I'm ready to start writing now. And then you're going to say, wow, I've written my first 10 chapters. I'm actually further along than I have to finish. One step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time. Right, exactly. Now, buddy, we have to. I have to play a quick word for my sponsors, so don't go anywhere. Pay the bills. Yep, we'll be right back. Okay. This buddy cast is brought to you by Monticello Massage and Kinesiology. Escape the stress and pain in life by scheduling a 30, 60, or 90-minute massage by a licensed professional. With services from deep tissue massage to couples massages, even pregnancy massages. There's a massage service out there for everybody. You can reach out to them today by visiting Facebook, their phone number at 814-838-3622, or even visiting their location at 1001 State Street, Suite 1322, EPA 16501, or even visit their website, www.monticellamassage.com. Tell my buddies Missy and Pam that buddy says hi. And that was from our sponsors of this episode, Monticello Massage. So if you ever need a massage in the Erie, Pennsylvania area, Sean, I highly recommend it. place to go. All right. Absolutely. So, buddy, one thing else I think we kind of have in common, do you do stand-up comedy by chance? I do. As a matter of fact, I just uh, did my one-man show uh, at the uh, Atlantic City uh, Comedy Club um, about two weeks ago. And uh, I'm going to be performing at the Comedy Chateau out here in Los Angeles uh, January 28th. Yeah, I love, I love doing stand-up. Nice. What got you interested in that? I was about 14 years old and I snuck into a comedy club. And I just, I was spellbound watching these guys just, you know, uh, mesmerizing the crowd with just their words. You know, no script, no, no, any, no instrument, just a microphone. And I was like, that's amazing. And so uh, years, not years later, but, but maybe a year and a half later, I wound up going to Atlantic City of all places and performing in a talent show on the boardwalk. And then 45 years later, they finally let me perform inside the hotel and I was at the Atlantic City Comedy Club. Nice, nice. And you've obviously stuck with it. How does it feel every time you go on stage? I love it. It's, 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 it's an incredible rush. You know, you've got that immediate reciprocity with the audience um, you know, where you're vibing with them and you're, you're you know, it's almost like you're you're working in unison, and um, I love it. I really do. That is awesome. You know what they say: a bad day of comedy is better than a good day at the office. 
I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather spend a day in an office than bombing on a comedy stage. It's like you're telling. It's like a bad day of fishing rather than a good day at the. You know what I mean? I don't know that I would equate a bad day on stage with a bad day of fishing. <laughs> Keeping it buddy like, have you ever had to deal with hecklers before or anything like that? You know. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think everybody does, but, uh, you know, you learn how to deal with them and, uh, you know, um, nobody's rushed the stage. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing so far. Plus, I think you're at a distinct advantage when you've got the microphone. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And on top of that, you also do a little martial arts. You do comedy do. and martial arts. I've, I've, uh, I've been involved in martial arts since I was 15. Um, I still train. Uh, and it's something that's, uh, you know, very important to me, very near and dear to my heart. Nice. Nice. What about for someone out there who is studying martial arts right now, something like that, like a it's still in the student phase, you know, having those days where maybe they question it, like maybe they keep like. Well, well first of all, I think you're almost always still in the student phase. That's the first thing, or at least you should be. I started teaching, um, my stepdaughter, uh, karate, um, recently and she's very good but i forgot how difficult it is in the beginning learning things that you know for now seem very simple to me and i can remember back learning things that now seem simple and i really struggled with them and and it's it's a true metaphor for life if you if you apply right action consistently you'll make incremental progress. And before you know it, you're going to look back and in 30 days, you're going to go, wow, look how far I've come. And I think that really uh, applies to almost anything. You know, um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer and I talk about this a lot in um, Welcome to the Kumite, that stay out of the results, stay in the process, commit yourself to a bulletproof process. You want to put energy into something Put your energy into continually refining the process of whatever you do, whether it's it's stand up, whether it's, you know, how you relate to your significant other, your kids, training in martial arts. Stay out of the results. They're largely outside of your control. Be self-aware and continually do sort of a self-diagnostic of how to make the process better. And like it's kind of like when you drive a car. I mean, I, I bet we all have pretty much within... 98% the same system that we use. You unlock the door, you sit down, you put your seatbelt on, you check the mirrors, you throw it in reverse, you look around, you back up, you obey the street signs, and you've got a pretty good shot at getting where you want to go, right? You don't think, oh my God, am I going to get there? Am I going to get there? You just stay in the moment, in the present with the process. And if you do that, I think in life, I find that the results tend to come. Brilliant lessons. Absolutely, truly you're absolutely right. If you just, it's like, you kind of reminded me of my favorite Rocky Balboa fish saying there. It ain't about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Absolutely. And and now I'm going to do a gratuitous plug because I didn't do it last time. If you'd like to get the book, Way of the Cobra is available on Amazon. Uh, if you'd like a signed copy of the book, you can get it at wayofthecobra.com. And if you'd like to get the uh, sequel, Welcome to the Kumite, it's only available at wayofthecobra.com. So uh, I, I can't encourage everybody enough to get the book i promise you will you will not be sorry way of the cobra.com yeah certainly so throughout your we're talking a lot of life lessons here throughout your acting career let's just take um karate kid slash cobra kai um general hospital 
and bold and beautiful. What are the biggest lessons you've taken away from those three, from those three? Um, well, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, the ability to be professional and most people think professional just means, you know, conducting yourself professionally on the set, but there's more to than that. And I equate it to this nine out of 10 times, a guy that is a barroom brawler is going to get his clock cleaned by somebody that's uh, a professional boxer because he's a professional and he, you know, when you're a professional, it's not just about summoning up what you need to summon one time. It's about having the ability to do it at will. It's about having the ability when, you know, you only have time for one more take because you're losing the light. And if you don't get it, you don't get it. And knowing that you can get it because you're a professional um, in order to become a professional, you have to do the work. You have to, you know, do the training. You know, you've got to sacrifice. You've got to continually try and educate yourself and push the boundaries of what you do and not, at least in my case as an actor, not be redundant. Um, you know, always try to be doing something new and fresh and and treating it, um, treating any, any pursuit, whether it's you doing your podcast or anything, you know, treat it with the respect that it deserves if you want to be, at a level that's considered professional. You want something? Go get it, period. But if you're going to go get it, do it right. Otherwise, why mm -hmm. do it? Absolutely. Most certainly. So what about, give us a good behind the scenes story of Cobra Kai or the Karate Kid. How about that? Um, oh God, a good behind the scenes story. You know, honestly, there weren't that many behind the scenes stories I can tell you about Karate Kid because it really was, you know, it was very serious for mm -hmm. me. Um, you know, it was the first big role that I ever had. I don't think the producers were entirely convinced I could pull it off. Um, there was so much to learn. There was the choreography. There was obviously the dialogue. But something maybe a lot of people don't realize is that like any business, it has its own vocabulary, right? So when you're working on a film or television set, you're going to hear things said that you might not initially understand, whether it's in reference to lighting or a camera angle or things like that. I'd never really been in a big set before. So, so much of what I was hearing, I didn't even really understand. So I, I didn't have time for a whole lot of shenanigans um, mm -hmm. um, behind the uh, behind the scenes. Um you know, as far as Cobra Kai goes, I just remember that uh, um, Yuji and Billy and I went out for sushi one night. and It was just really nice. It was it was really great uh, spending some time with those guys. Ralph couldn't make it. But, you know, I, I reiterate this, that they are such great guys um, and they really don't have a lot of ego. Uh, they they are you know, they love the fans. They love what they're doing. And I think that they're all as pleasantly surprised with the absolute success of Cobra Kai after in some cases, 40 years of, of portraying those characters that, you know, I, you couldn't wish it on a group, a nicer group of guys. So they are just as genuine and as nice as they appear on the screen. Ab absolutely. They really are. Brilliant. Sure. I love it. I love when actors are that way, you know, like whether you're, whether you're playing like a villain 
in the TV show turn good, you know, or you're playing a genuinely good guy, but you're a good guy outside of it, you know? I found in my career that generally the guys that play the villains in things tend to be some of the nicest guys. Or Yuji is like so nice, it's crazy. Now, granted, Yuji plays a a good guy now, but Chosen was not such a great guy. No, 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 no. Um, And, you know, Billy is... I, I always say this. I think Billy is one of the funniest people I've ever met. That guy just makes me laugh. He's got a brilliant sense of humor. And uh, he's he's such a professional and so good at what he's done. Mm. And, and, you know, and Ralph, too. I mean, these guys have really, I don't want to say they've evolved as actors because that implies that they had a, a ways to go. And that's not what I mean. They've, they've Their characters have evolved so that they're infinitely more interesting now than they were way back during the movies because they're fully formed adults that deal with uh you know challenges and and character flaws and you know all that sort of stuff that makes us interesting human beings i mean just look at just look at billy zapka playing uh playing johnny lawrence a character stuck in the 80s who's now in 2020s i love that i can relate to that though because I mean, there's parts of me that's uh, that are kind of anachronistic, you know. I mean, like, I'll, you know, my kids will be like, "What are you listening to?" And I'm like, "This is some of the greatest music ever." Yeah, <laughs> like the one th- when uh when uh what's his name uh, asked uh what's this ba- or what's this band or whatever, and he's like, "I'm gonna pretend like you didn't just say Twisted that." Sister. Was it what it was it Twisted Sister? Yeah, what's Twisted yeah. Sister? Yeah. I'm gonna pretend like you didn't just say that. <laughs> Or just like him, like on Facebook, like doing all the Facebook rants and everything, right. and or like on Twitter doing the Twitter rants, and everyone's like, "Who's he talking to? You're his only follower." Right. So, but brilliant. So, what about what about from all of this? From all of this, you're saying actually. Whoops, I'll come back to that question. Okay. So I'm gonna actually end with two questions now. We have time for two more questions. Sure. The first one is brought to us by our buddy Jonas Kane at hashtag positivity. He wants to know, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? What does it mean to be somebody's buddy? I think it's it's being supportive and caring, uh, being honest, and and you know maybe letting them know if if they're making a choice or a decision that might not be in their best interest. Um, you know, giving a helping hand when they need it. And somebody that you just genuinely like to spend time with. Nice. One of the greatest answers we have heard. So, buddy, before I ask you, I lied. There's one more question between this two. Before I ask you what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question, you think you could give us a little demonstration of your alliance, like being Mike Barnes or being, you know, AJ Cornermine, any of that? Just give us some. Give you a demonstration? Yeah. No one's ever asked me that before. All right, Nick, you know what I can tell you? Your karate's a joke. There we go. There you go. There we go. So now I'm going to end it with the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. Okay. Which is you've taught, you've given a lot of great advice throughout this whole episode. You touched on acting even. What's your ultimate advice for anyone out there who's watching today who wants to be an actor? Who To be an wants- actor? Yeah, to be where you are today. Well, I would say I would say that my advice, if you if you want to be an actor, is to make really sure that you want to do it professionally, because there's a big difference between loving acting and doing plays, you know, in community theater and things like that, which is great, and pursuing it professionally, which is 
it's a very difficult business. Uh, it really is. That being said, I'm the last person to ever try and clip the wings of anyone's dreams. I mean, if that's what you want to do, then what I would suggest is you uh, learn as much as you can about the business side of acting and prepare yourself as much for the creative performance based part of acting. And, you know, if you're living somewhere um, where, you know, you're not near one of the epicenters of professional acting, which is, you know, New York, Los Angeles, um, Atlanta, you know, you need to consider that and decide, you know, do you want to eventually make the move there and need to probably be prepared that you're going to have to work a regular job for quite a while. You know, we used to say you'd have to work a job that leaves your days open for auditions, but it's so great now because almost all the auditions are done with self tapes. So you don't have to get a job like a bartender or a waiter or something that necessarily works at night. And so that's an amazing thing that has become much easier. That and the fact that you're not driving all over the city, taking up, you know, hours of your day to go to an audition, you know, you have the ability to do it, um, you know, to self-tape. Um, and uh, again, just, you know, try and educate yourself as much as possible, not only about acting, but as, as wide uh, an array of, um, you know, uh, things as possible. Um, uh, studying martial arts is great. Studying a foreign language is great. Becoming a, a student of history, whether you're watching document, you never know when you're going to be asked to play a character from uh, another time frame. Um, you know, as much as you can learn as a human being, you can then hopefully transmit to your work. Brilliant advice. Brilliant. And you're right. The times have so much changed. Like you said, yeah. you probably remember driving all around town just to get oh my. A five minutes just to get five minutes with somebody with a producer. I remember driving all around town before there was navigation. You know, we had this thing called the Thomas Brothers book, which was this bound book. Each page was a map, and you you take the number and you take the letter and you go like that. And I mean, you know, Los Angeles isn't like New York, where it's basically a grid. This city is difficult if you don't know where you're going. And I mean, you know, there's there's no well, I won't say there's no feeling worse, but there's few feelings as bad as being late for an audition and finding out that you are completely lost. So uh, I think LA is a lot. LA is a lot like Pittsburgh. Run wrong turn and you're in big trouble. That's right. That's right. So I actually let, I have one more question to end the show on, okay. which is what does Mike Barnes think of Buddy Cast? What does Mike Barnes think about it? Well, I mean, listen, you know, Mike, Mike Barnes, uh, I, 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 the new Mike Barnes is a lot better guy than the old. That's one. what I'm talking about. The new Mike Barnes. Yeah. The new Mike Barnes, the new Mike Barnes likes it. I think he, uh, he enjoys it. You're funny. Mike Barnes likes to be funny. I think Mike Barnes has a, a, a definitely a very sarcastic humorous streak in him. And, mm -hmm. um, I think you're doing great, man. I think, uh, you know, your show's really positive and uplifting and I think there's so much divisiveness and negativity and, and sort of people looking to be offended that it's great to um, be a part of a show like this that I think really, uh, I don't know, I think it'll ignite passion in people and get them to discover the very best parts of themselves. I love it. And that's exactly why I created this show. I love it. Because I created it in 2020 when you know what the world was like back then. You. Go to shake or you go to say hi to someone, you go to and you get greeted with a gesture, you know, you do something yeah. like you 
it, I wanted to bring that positivity back in the world. So thank you for those kind words. Oh, you're, you're succeeding, my friend. Mm -hmm. Stick around for a minute. We'll chat afterwards. But okay. before we close this episode, I have one favor to ask you. Okay. Whatever you do today, tomorrow, next week, next month, or even next year, please go be someone's buddy. Absolutely. For all my buddies out there, this is my buddy, Sean Kanan. Please check out his books. Please check him out on Cobra Kai, Karate Kid, you name it. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. Thank you for joining us for another wonderful episode of BuddyCast. Go be someone's buddy, and we'll catch you all next time here on everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. Well, the days are going fast, buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Hey buddies, you thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.